I got so many other cobalts together and uh, I brought them here like you asked. Uh, it didn't, wasn't easy either. Uh, what with all of us getting these? Hey, what's that? What is it? Free lunch buffet from your friends at 9th level, Thursday or Friday, close to midnight. Those guys are jerks! Hey, hey, that was a free lunch. Ah, no such thing as a free lunch. I mean, uh, lunch isn't exactly at midnight either. But we we still like free food. So. Yeah, but these guys, uh, they're trying to lure you into a trap. Have you ever heard of the Midnight Massacre? Uh, no. Uh, hey, hey, it sounds like fun. Hey. Oh, sure, sure. Unless you're a cobalt like us. Oh. Uh, how, 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 do you mean, how do you mean so toast? Well, you see, those two from ninth level, you know, Chris and especially that Dan guy, they got us in for us kobolds. Ugh. They always have. Uh, huh? And a few hamsters too from out of here. But they wrote this book for us. See, kobolds ate my baby with three of those, uh, those uh, things after. That's the nice It seems pretty fun uh, and, and tasty. Oh, yeah. 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 See that? You've eaten half the book already. But the thing is, the book is like a guide for humans on how to kill us cobalt. What? What? We we gotta do something about that, Toast. Oh, <laughs> oh, I'm well ahead of you on that. See, look at all these robots stuck in no, the back. No, 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 no. We gotta we gotta find those guys. Yeah. See, and, and we gotta put a stop to them. Uh, hey. Oh, oh, not again. We know where it is going to be. Please, don't do this. It's a bad idea. Trust me. Hey, hey listen up, you guys. Listen, listen, listen. we got to go to this, uh, this uh, GenCon thing here, and we're going to put a stop to this, Chris, and especially Dan. We hit the buffet, too. Uh, well, I mean, yeah, I mean, that's a given. So, so, so who's with me? Yeah! yeah. <laughs> to GenCon! <laughs> Wait, 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 did you at least get the thing that I asked you to get? What? Oh, oh, yeah, 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 it's right here in this bag. Yeah, oh, see your toast. Yeah, well, maybe. Those dummies. All right, let's open this bag. Put me in a bag filled with sandwiches, will you? The joke's on you. I ate all the sandwiches. What? Ah. Hey, Jolly. Toast? Huh. Toast! What kind of zebra? Um, huh. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Wait, did you have those guys kidnap me? I thought we had a bag full of sandwiches. Well, I mean, I, I didn't tell them to put sandwiches in there. Why, you? Ow. Why? You could have just called me or text me or hit me up on Instagram. I mean, well, wait a minute. Wait, you're on all of that? I mean, of course. I gotta keep up my social presence. Uh. So, back to the question, why did you have a kidnap, Toast? Well, I did it to keep you from going to this Gen Con and getting caught up in that Midnight Massacre thing. What? You think I get caught up in something like that? I mean, check out those guys suck mad. I mean, look at all this. Sock mud? Is that like medication for socks or something? Oh, you're cute, bro. So cute. But so not with it. Social media. Sock mud. I think this Chris guy thinks it is supposed to be socks, like you said. I mean, look at this. Oh, so parasite. Is that, is that a sock on his hand? Yeah, that's better not to ask. 
I'll just check out Dan's sock med. Um, did you turn your phone off or something? Not test. He has like no presents. Oh. <laughs> Why would I go to something with poor sock med? Oh, oh well, um, well, I guess I've got nothing to worry about then. <laughs> Sorry about that, sis. I guess I underestimated you. Oh, you're <laughs> sure dead, Test. Thanks. Yeah. I was sure that this uh, free buffet coupon would have lured you out there. Or the free pins. Wait, what did you say? Uh, free buffet. But it's a trap. I mean, lunch at midnight. Who does that? Certain podcast hosts. Huh? Obscure efforts. That would free pets. You know I love some flair. Oh, no. Where is this check on anyway? Oh, well, no, 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 no. I'm not going to tell you. <sighs> if I don't tell you, then ha, you won't be able to get there, so ha. <laughs> silly, silly brother. I got a smartphone with the new uh? No Fobo, No FOMO app. I'll get there in no time. Uh, <laughs> wait, No FOMO, No Mo? I think they sponsor our show. Show? What show? Um, you know, the Swarmcast? Podcast? Uh, is that like on Twitch or on YouTube? No, 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 no. Because then we'd be a vodcast, not a podcast. We're on Stitcher, Apple Podcasts, Tunes in, uh, probably a few oh, other places with an RSS. Oh, that's so cute. So, like, people listen to you and have to imagine what you look like and what's going on. That's so lame. So lame. Oh. It's not lame. Oh, yeah. yes, it um, totally is. Let me get you some of our best stuff. It's uh, it's it's somewhere around here. No, no, not that one. Ugh. Yawn and stop. Hashtag bored is jelly. Hashtag over to Jackal. Oh, is that a robot over there? Ah, here. This is even better. There's a bunch of stuff. A bunch of board game reviews that we recorded at Scarab Gaming Con. Uh, last January, 2019. Huh. Never before heard stuff. <laughs> you can listen to this instead of going to that stinky old gym con. Hold on, hold on. <laughs> Scarab, I've never, like, heard of that. Do they have sock bed? Huh. Uh, anyways, just listen to the stuff. Like I said, uh, board game reviews and stuff. Uh, so, like, a review? No, 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 don't say that. Don't say that. We can't call it that. Uh, what? Why not? <laughs> uh, well, I there's mean... some other podcast that calls their board game reviews segment uh, that. Uh, so you could call it, like, I don't know, uh, Board Gameth Fair. Yeah, Board Gameth Fair. That's not a very good name. Well, it's better than being called OBG Podcast. Oh! Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, Swimcast is a show about RPGs and stuff like that. I am Tristan, uh, I'm a cowboy, but let's get into the show. Because <laughs> it's going to be the future soon, and I won't always be this way. When the things that make me weak and strange get engineered away, it's going to be the future soon.
Hey, what's up? Um, excuse me, but let me tell you about my game. (laughs) Swarmcast is here at Scarab 2019, and I have somebody here who's going to talk to me about a game. It's not quite like our our normal uh, reviewers. It's a he's going to have a little bit more to talk about. Oh, I thought you were pointing at something. At the table with me right now, I have Aaron Lopez. How are you doing, Aaron? I'm doing great. So you've been well. You've been running quite a few different games here at a uh, at Scarab this year. Yeah, um, um, I like to find different games as, uh-huh. I, as I, whether it's role playing games or board games. And sometimes I find winners. Sometimes I find duds. And the winners I find I like <laughs> to bring so more people can find them. Okay. And I generally find stuff you don't find in your typical gaming store yet. So fair enough. And and. In particular, right now, there's one that you that you said you uh, really wanted to talk to talk to us about, and we've been hearing a lot of good things about it from other people. Yep. And the game I'm talking about today is called Monster Slaughter. It okay. is by Ancama Games. Okay. Ancama is actually a French company. They are known for a game called Crossmaster. Oh yes. And, and yes. that is only released in Europe as well as the sequel which is Crossmaster Arena and Crossmaster Arena 2.0. Right. Those who have only been available in the United in, the in, in Europe, you have English copies uh, from the United oh, Kingdom and, okay. and, and and other places where they do publish English copies of them. Uh, they have several games, Booth Bowl, um, Farmhouse <laughs> Havoc or Henhouse Havoc. Uh-huh. Um, they've got Probably 10 or 15 games that are board games, as, and then they also have digital games as well. Huh. Um, and they started last year, they did a Kickstarter for a game called Monster Slaughter, which would be their first U.S. offering um, oh, wow. in the board game. Um, the video was fantastic. <laughs> um the Kickstarter apparently went very, very well since I think they started raising, I want to say, 50,000 euros and ended up with almost 400 or 500,000 euros. Oh, wow. For it. Um, wow. The, uh, the game, if you ever get a chance, look up on YouTube the video for Monster Slaughter by Ancama Games. And if you've not heard anything, want an idea of how the game is uh, played or what, it, why it appealed to me, especially the video is just a, it's very, very well done. Okay. So, um, and that turned me on. And I knew immediately when I saw that I had to have it. <laughs> um, the Kickstarter version of the game came with a bunch of extra stuff. Well, I'll start with the game. Yeah. The, yeah. the box itself. The bottom of the box is your game board. So it becomes a house and that you build rooms in and all these components are included in here. And then you have the rest of the box that gets uh, pieces are folded and it forms a ring around that box. Those are also game zones and where you put the components of the games, the various cards that you use. um, Very cool sounding. As well as tracking and all that goes around. Um, and this is the base game. There are some add-ons, like there's a shed add-on that connects to that as well, <laughs> um, and everything. <laughs> that's that's um, cool. So the uh, the add-on the add-on uh, box or whatever the uh, expansion box 
yes, just and, connects to and it. it. Yeah, it just slides <laughs> next to it and, and, and fits perfectly on, on the edge of the board anywhere you have room. So, <laughs> um, But the base game is a reverse role of what most people are used to. In this game, okay. a bunch of people are partying and having a great time in a, in a house out in the woods. And then something decides to attack them. Uh-huh. And that something is the players. The players <laughs> are playing monster families. And with okay. the base box, okay. you have the choice of werewolves, golems, zombies, vampires, maniacs. There's mummies and alien families also involved with that. Each family has their own ability. Each family has three members. Okay. And... We know that at the beginning of the game, there are five people in the shed or in the house. Right, right. Those five people are just represented by cards. There are miniatures that represent them, but you don't know where they're at in the house yet until you find them. So they oh, tend to be neat. hiding in the rooms or partying until you, can, until you identify them. And then it becomes a, a race for time where you want to eliminate everybody in the house, all the all the people in all the, the house, people, yeah. before 8 a.m. With oh. monsters, it's assumed just like a typical <laughs> oh, The monsters the come out, out at midnight. Yeah, okay, okay. That's when the monsters come out at midnight. That's pretty and cool. Then the, and then the monsters have to go away by 8 a.m. when the <laughs> sun comes up. That's very um, neat. Each character has, again, family has three different monsters that, that represent the father. One's a father a mother and a baby. Okay. Um, Each one has different strengths. Mothers and fathers can take two actions per turn. Um, The father is the strongest, so he rolls four dice for actions. The mother is the next, is the weakest, or the weaker of the two, so she rolls three dice for the baby is faster. He has more energy. So he gets three (laughs) actions per, per turn. But his strength is only two. Okay. And each family, again, has a special ability. The werewolves, for example, get two free moves per turn. Other families only get one. Okay. Um, A maniac gets to immediately damage a guest or one one of the victims in the house as soon as they get revealed. Vampires get extra dice when searching golems get extra dice when attacking somebody okay and then the the zombies it's harder to eject them from the room when when you when you when they get defeated in combat and those are what you're going to be using okay. actions for you have and that, that all thematically makes sense <coughs> and you can see and, how that works yeah yeah these are the families that are <coughs> that are that i've been playing and, and running with all of the convention, the okay. same five families. Okay. Um, and again, they're all included in the base set. If you weren't part of the Kickstarter, you don't get access to the extra ones. And the the mm-hmm. actual retail version of this is not available yet. It should be on oh, pre-order. Wow. <laughs> um, I believe, if I've read it r- read rightly, somewhere between February and March, those should be shipping. Oh wow! Um, okay. So it's coming soon. <laughs> so hopefully there will be a lot more monster slaughter players here in the future. But um, yeah, um, each each monster the way it works is you 
with your three monsters, mm-hmm. you're going to pick one of those monsters and perform all of your actions. And then, like you would uh, in, okay, in a yeah, card okay. game, you would flip that card flip over. You can't use that card o- again, that same monster again, until you've used all of your monsters. Oh, very cool. And very cool. each monster, as it goes around, as, it, as every player plays, represents they're doing that at one hour. <laughs> so, so it starts at oh, midnight. Wow. So by the yeah, time okay. everybody's done with their first monster, now it's 1 o'clock. Now it's 1 o'clock. And oh. every hour there's something called a nocturnal event, which is a card that has a random event that happens. <laughs> These nocturnal events affect everybody. Sometimes they do good things for the monsters. Sometimes they yeah. do bad things to the monsters. Um, and, and the game, the replayability, because you don't use all of the cards, you can, you can, okay. you can randomize a lot of the cards so your game is always different. As well as randomizing the families that you put in there. Right, right. And, and, and do that. Um, additionally, there are things, things called special guests, which may be something like a police officer that shows up. The monsters oh, are attacking gotcha. so somebody in there called the police. Well, the police, so the police show, show up, <laughs> and there may be an ability that police officer gives to a, one of the people in the shed. There <laughs> are, just as in monster movies, the people who are the victims can't seem to defend themselves. <laughs> um, so if you attack them, you can automatically kill them off. Okay. Unless the other monster families decide to give a weapon to them. <laughs> and, and it's, it's interesting. It's, yes, you want everybody to die, but each family also has a set of tokens representing each victim in there, which they keep in secret as an order they want those people to die in. <laughs> so, oh, wow. So you may not want. <laughs> person A to get killed right, right away, away because you have yeah. him as the third person in your order. <laughs> and the way you win is you get points. You get points for smashing down doors. That's an action the monsters can take. Monsters okay. can't open doors. They just smash They have to doors. smash them. So Makes they sense. Get it. Well, <laughs> when you smash a door, anything in a room hides. So you <laughs> reshuffle the deck and if there's a person that's already been revealed, they've gone back into hiding. So now you have to search the nice. room till you discover them again. You get points for each door you smash down. Okay. You get points for every victim you wound. Every time you wound a victim, you get points for it. And vict- the different uh, victims in the, in the house have different number of hit points. What's, what's, what it's going to take hmm. to kill them. So, um, but you get a point for each time you wound a victim you get a point if you de- if you deliver the lethal blow you get okay. points okay you also get points if you select the correct order like if you have Zach is one of the names of the victims if if you right. chose him first and then Cam is another one and you picked him second if Zach gets killed first. It doesn't matter who kills him. You get points because you chose you. You predicted that he was that going he was to gonna die, die first. first. Okay. So, and then also the <clears throat> huh. monsters each get to pick a favorite meal. So they choose one of the victims uh-huh. and put a target on him. That's their favorite meal. That's the one they definitely want. <laughs> so okay. So some of the actions that you may want to do 
Um, with that as a victim, as a monster, you can move. Mm-hmm. That takes an action, and, and the and the game board, the way it's set up, everything has a separate zone. So it takes okay. a, an action to move from one zone to another. So, uh, oh, okay, okay. okay. In the zones, you can <coughs> search. That's if you're inside the house. Mm-hmm. You can search, and that reveals things, and it may be a weapon, which is you're going to use to equip to equip one those, of the other, they, yeah, equip I guess the other monsters. The victims, yeah. Yep. Um, it may be a trap. The trap will have specific effects. Okay. You know, it may be a bomb that explodes. Maybe a bear trap that freezes everybody in there. Oh, um, okay. So there's so that's some of the objects that you can get when you search. Or it may be the victim themselves. If it's the victim themselves, now they're in play and you can do oh, it. Okay. Okay. Actions against victims include scaring, which makes them run away. Uh huh. Victims can go through doors, but monsters it takes an action to smash through it. So you can slow a monster down. Right. By by scaring the victim if, into a different if, room. Into a different yeah. room. Okay. So. Um, or you can also, the other uh, action you can take is to attack the victim. Okay. And each victim has a separate special ability. And oh, my gosh. Okay. So, so it's it's really, really interesting to do that. And you can swap the, the five base teams out for some of the special visitors as well. Oh, and everybody oh, gets So you can have... so. The Kickstarter had, I want to say, 15 or 16 special visitors. <laughs> um, and and I want to say one, two, three, four, maybe five additional families that they're not included in the base set. Huh. Um, addition to that, the and I don't know if these will be included in the base set or not, but they have a scenario book. That, that that comes with the Kickstarter. And I think the scenarios will be at least available for download. Oh, for free anyway. Okay. So, and that, that adds additional nice. ways to play. <laughs> like the Shed, for example, if you think of the uh, what the Geico commercial where the monster standing behind the Shed. Oh, yeah. And, and the kids run into it and all the weapons are hanging there. Right. But the monster <laughs> doesn't attack. And the same thing with Monster Slaughter. The monster can't attack anything. And, and I keep thinking that commercial through my brain when the guy said, let's get in the running car. No, we can't do that. Well, one of the scenarios has a running <laughs> car. So uh, so you can play and add that as a different little funny <laughs> quirk to add to it. That's very cool. It, it definitely sounds like they've gotten the, the theme and the, the flavor of the whole, that whole genre and everything yes. down. It's it, pretty it cool. Is enough silliness and funniness. Right. Um, and, and replayability to make the game. I've run it one, two, three, four, five, six times already, I think, at uh-huh. this convention so far. And oh, wow. <laughs> every game has had a different output, and it's been just as fun each time. Huh. Uh, and I played it, I think, a different family every time. Different each time? So. Well, and we've had a, we've had a few folks come by here and. And talk to us about their experience as well. And then they would say things. I was like, I have no idea what they're talking about. This was the one, one thing. He was like, but yeah, I had fun just smashing down all the doors. I was like, oh, oh, okay. And yeah. now I know what that means. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, there is a strategy to that. The way the doors are, are done. Um, can you win that way? You would, 
I, I, I didn't actually count all the doors <laughs> of the house, so I don't know if it's possible unless you don't kill all the people that are in there. <laughs> oh, you just... I, I, I think if you smash... I think there is a way to do that if all the victims aren't killed. Uh, are they aren't killed? So, and, and that's the way it works. Is At 8 o'clock, if the game's <laughs> over, or when the last victim is killed, right. the game is over. And oh, then wow. you just start counting up points. So... That's very cool. So it's a lot of fun. I encourage <laughs> a lot of people to go check it out. Okay. And I think it's something that kids and adults would alike, would like alike. So. Yeah. Okay. So so again, that was Monster Slaughter. Monster Slaughter. And you said it's it's probably open open for pre-orders right at this time, possibly. I, I have seen. I, I can't be sure, but I'm I'm. I am about 75% sure that pre-orders are available now. Right. And the game should start hitting stores, and pre-orders should be start filling somewhere between February and March. Okay. That seems to be a, a good spot for uh, for when a lot of those a lot of games are coming out. It's like around March, yes. February and March. So, I know I'm, I've got a few games I'm going to be waiting on that are coming yeah. out in February and March, too. So, be something good in time to get back in time for the summer break. Oh, yeah. So you'll have something yeah. to do over that. So. Very cool. Uh, well, well, thank you for talking to me, Aaron, about uh, Monster Slaughter. Oh, thank you. It was a lot of fun. Yeah. And everyone's been having fun playing it. So right, thanks for bringing it. Yeah. Thanks. <laughs> Podcast at gmail.com. <laughs> Swancast has board game news for you, yeah, you got the good, bad, and other stuff to tell you, so listen up to our board game review, hoo-hoo's, you'll really like it, or I'll make you eat your shoe, hoo-hoo's, <laughs> So we're at Scarab 2019, and uh, people are talking about a lot of stuff, in particular, uh, Ryan is here talking with me about a lot of games. And the one we're going to be talking about right now is called Five Seals of Magic. Now, is that like like the seals that uh, play the, the little horns at a... Uh... Yeah, it's those seals. Okay. Yeah. No, so you're working down these uh, hallways, and you're, you're getting them at the end of the hallway. The further down you get, the, more, the better they are, uh, the better you do. It's okay. uh, not a co-op game. It's competitive. Uh, the thing I liked about it, uh, uh-huh. and it was good, was the board was... It's a circular board with kind of pie wedge pieces, but they puzzle together. Oh, and neat. yet you flip if you have depending on use different sides for different numbers of people and the game scales really well with that. And okay. the pieces just flip and interact and create more hallways. It's really well done. Oh wow. Yeah, very neat game. So tell me something bad then about five seals of magic. Uh, nothing. I this is another one of my, you know, probably probably purchases. I didn't really have a whole <laughs> lot of criticism of it. So Okay. Yeah, good good stuff. Okay. One of the most innovative boards I've ever seen. Um, well, th- this next one's going to be interesting. Uh, give me something in our other category for Five Seals of Magic. It's different. It's a different play. It, it okay. plays differently than a lot of your other games, so it's worth um, it's worth if you can play it off of your uh, game store shelf to give it a try. Do it. It's probably something you don't have in your collection already. Because right. um, nowadays it's, it's sometimes hard to find something that's just not a repeat mechanic, and they do a great job being unique. Okay. Well, very cool. Well, thank you, Ryan, for talking with me about uh, Five Seals of Magic. My pleasure. All right, so we're, we're still here at Scarab 2019, and we've got uh, Joe and Kirsten and Murphy here to talk about a game they played, Five Seals of Magic. 
Five so, Seals of Magic. Um, never heard of it. Open okay. it up. It has this map that allows for two to five players. And okay. actually, the way it works, it's a puzzle piece of like five pieces. If yeah. it's two player, you align all the number twos. Makes this beautiful map smaller than if you did player three or four or five. Right, right. And then if you do a three, you kind of turn over a couple of pieces, and it's a three player map. It was really impressive. And I think somebody, that's a great imagination to be able to do that with the same pieces to go from two, three, four, yeah. five. Uh -huh. All different. Beautiful, yeah, so ac beautiful. Actually, after we finished playing it, I actually cleared all the pieces off and wanted to take a closer look at the actual board play. Okay. Um, it, okay. it was that. It was that neat. Um, just the design of it. So you're looking at it's six pieces. Uh -huh. um, it's pieces of a pie. They are very carefully jigsawed on the sides to only fit certain ways, uh, depending on how they're turned over. And huh. the board is completely different for two player, three player, four player, or five player. And they enable to expand the dungeon. So the dungeon that you're going to be crawling through uh, starts like the center of a wagon wheel, and you're going to go out towards the spokes of the wagon wheel during the, the board play. So it adds additional spokes based on the number of players. Okay. I so uh, the game starts with uh, everybody getting three dice. They're colored. There are five colors of dice on the board. Uh, they're in. They're just a small quantity of dice based on the number of players. Um, from the inside of the wagon wheel out. There are pips, little little obstacles that you have to roll that to in order to get through that obstacle, okay. and then you come across scrolls that are also that you achieve those scrolls by rolling that color of die. Once you have that scroll in your possession, it's worth the number of pips that are on the board as victory points, and it also has some special ability, whether it allows you to re-roll or add a, add a pip or switch a color or something of that nature. Then finally, on the very outside of the wagon wheel are the number sixes, and the number sixes signify the ending of the game. So as soon as you've cleared off a certain percentage of the sixes, the game will end. So okay. at that point, all of those are worth more, but it takes resources to, as you start getting towards fours and fives and sixes, maybe one dice is not enough to get there. So you get, it's harder to get to the outside. So you. as you're clearing the paths and getting out to the outside, scoring the points, it's very elegant in the way it sets it up. You, you score points at the end of the game by the tiles that you have collected. So, so on the neat. good side, That's pretty the good. word elegant is very nice. Yeah, right. It's right. a very pretty, yeah. so we were first impressed with the map. Yeah, map, very pretty. I've never seen any map like this. The setup of the map allows you, so it does have places where this has to be a number two pip, but you randomize what color could be there. Okay. Very nice, very pretty, um, very easy to read. So the colors are very distinct. Okay. So it's not like, is that a red? Is that an orange <laughs> yeah. kind of thing? It yeah. was very... Uh, you, um, can, you can strategically block pathways so that other players can't get through those pathways. You've got full access to seeing what they may or may not be able to do. And you can think ahead to try to block their paths. You can reserve okay. the infinite number of dice in your hand to keep that person from even having access to certain dice, making it diff less strat less less it's likely that they're going to be able to get to where they're trying to go. So, so it's lots of strategy the, involved. Yeah, okay. you can actually, in your turn, you're doing things to help you. Right. And impair potentially and impair other ones. others. Yeah. And at the end, there's even the pulling dice for your next turn because you're going to plan ahead. Right. That also could include hosing the guy by taking dice he may need. Very like very if he strategic. needs three very dice strategic. to go, I'll take three of the four dice available just to hold them off, okay. potentially. Wow. Um, okay. That's a lot we of liked good. It. Yeah, <laughs> by the way, I don't know if yeah, yeah, we were it was popular. It. It it's like it's one I'm going to look for. Yeah. Bads? Oh, what would you say is bad? Um, you didn't know what some of the symbols meant on the cards. 
Like, oh, so, okay. so like there is some scrolls, iconography. The, the scrolls okay. in order to figure out what the scrolls do. Although it, you fig, once you figured it out, it's pretty easy to remember. There are no words, so right. it, it, it translates to other languages pretty well, I guess. You know, <laughs> okay. it's just iconography. There's no words yeah. or anything. So. But it's it's kind okay. of a common, almost a fresco language that you get used to those colors yeah. and things. I gotcha. You get used to it, but it does take to getting started, and then we realize. Oh, I have I have to remember the scroll I pulled only applies to that. Right. It's nice though. It's it was very elegant. Yeah, and it already has a couple of expansions as well. So I didn't know that, but I would like to yeah, see that. Yeah, because you can. Uh, it's got inside the box. You can. There's other things you can do to block paths. And stuff. Okay. So, yeah. It was really neat. Oh, neat. Oh, that's right. So it had <laughs> advanced levels. So like the first level, the, <laughs> the, the scrolls are like you can choose for the first time you play very low so, level, so, and then it uh-huh. has expandability, replayability because you can actually increase the complexity of those nice. things you add like uh, thieving cu- cutting joe off we liked it <laughs> by the way yes and it does have replayability <laughs> more so than a lot of games okay that's uh, wow that's very cool yeah i've heard other other folks say that um that just the board the way the like you were talking about being able to set it up and the jigsaw sort yeah. of thing to it was really nice um it sounds like we've actually covered a lot of ground here with with <laughs> all the categories um, especially the other category the board yeah. itself yeah <laughs> So, uh, unless you guys have something else you want to say about it. Well, we uh, could. Yeah, we <laughs> could go on, but we won't. Okay. <laughs> we'll, we'll, we'll spare your audience. Cool. <laughs> well, thanks, guys, for, for, for talking with me about Five Seals of Magic. <laughs> All right, we're here at Scarab 2019, and um, I've got Kelly sitting here with me at the booth. How's it going, Hello. Kelly? Good. So, uh, are you having fun at Scarab? Yes, I am. All right. So we're going to be talking about uh, asking for troubles or troubles or how, however it's supposed to be pronounced. Yes. <laughs> so um, what's, what's some good stuff you can say about this game? Well, it is a, it is a lighthearted, fun worker placement game. That's how it appears at first. The troubles okay. are aliens that you are trying to catch and throw into a star because they're infesting a planet. Okay. All of the, uh, all the action spaces that you go to, it's easy to access resources, which is what I liked. And uh-huh. everything is, you make a lot of progress in the game. You, you gain a lot of resources easily. You don't feel like you're short on, on anything as you're playing through the game. Okay, okay. So what's what's some uh, perhaps some bad things you can say about this game? Uh, the only bad thing would be uh, possibly the time of the game. It takes uh, it's longer than it t- than it says on the box. It says sixty uh, to ninety minutes. Gotcha. It does take up to seven players, and actually with more players it goes faster. When you play, I played with three, and I played with six. The three-player game went almost as long as a six-player game because there's just not as many <laughs> <Really>? opportunities. <laughs> but yeah, one of the main parts of the game is that when you move to an action space. Uh, mm-hmm. If someone was already there, they will have an easier time taking another action. So with more players, it speeds up. With oh, fewer wow. players, and there's no way to know that until you're actually in the game. It didn't it didn't oh. reference that in the rules. So we gotcha. we played with six and, and had a great time. We played with three, and it, it was okay, but it drug on. Oh, okay. Wow. Okay. Well, what's something you could say in their other category for asking Everything for in the game is orange. <laughs> That's if you if you look at the box, there uh-huh. is some blue in the box, but all the all the troubles, the aliens that you're trying to catch, they are all orange. Basically, all the resources you have are orange. The cards are all orange. Uh, I've heard other people talk. That's the only reason that I picked it up is because I heard people saying, "Yeah, everything in this game is orange." orange. They were right. <laughs> Pretty cool. All right. Well, Kelly, uh, thank thank you for sitting down here and talking with me about uh, the game Asking for Troubles. So we're here at the booth, and we have Ryan, who's here to talk with me about another game. Uh, so this time we're going to be talking about Capital City. 
Yeah, Capital City was fun, um, and it's it's pretty quick once you know the game. Uh-huh. Uh, but there's a lot of strategy to it, so I, it scratches the strategic itch without making you commit to two hours of, of board gaming. So it's, okay. a, it's a nice um, it's a nice blend there. Okay. And so, would you say that is that then your your good? That yeah, you that's my good about thing about okay. it. Yeah. So why don't you tell me something uh, bad about Capital City then? Interpreting the rules early on is a little tough. Uh-huh. Um, I, I can see it leading to maybe some some debate and discussion like it did in our group. Okay. Um, but once everybody <laughs> kind of agrees on interpretation, it's, it's pretty easy to roll forward from there. Okay. Tell me something other about Capital City. Really great art. It's uh, Western themed, so like uh, Frontier oh, cool. themed, but with animal characters like uh, donkeys oh, okay. and things. So okay. really well done on the artistic side uh, without sacrificing gameplay. So I thought it was a good good blend. Oh, very cool. I, I look forward to playing that game myself now. <laughs> so, all right. Well, thank you for, for talking with My me pleasure. about Capital City, Ryan. <laughs> all right. So we're still here at Scarab 2019, and I've got uh, Kirsten. And Joe and Murphy at the table, and we're we're here to talk about a game whose name is uh, up to much debate. Uh, <laughs> uh, Costa, Rihanna, Rihanna, or Luana, or some something such as that. I think she was married to R. Kelly, but I. <laughs> the less said about R. Kelly, uh, the better at this time. Okay, so guys, uh, what do you think about what do you think about this game? What was some some so good stuff it's about a this game? game where you you have these islands. Yeah. You have the ability to move people on and off the island, move people around. Get gold. Get gold. Move um, the gold. There's a secret hidden <laughs> thing by the person in control can actually add a element of hosing you. Because okay. you, uh, you have to guess what the per- person's action is going to be, and that drives the rest of the game, rest of that turn. Mm-hmm. Um, it's neat. So that's the main part of what the game is, and you're okay. trying to get up at the end of a certain number of rounds... Uh, it's gold wins. It's, it's meeple placement. You're yeah, placing your meeples. And gain okay. gold from meeples. Okay. So, what what was good about this game? Um. That was pretty. Um. It was pretty. <laughs> and and y- you had to, like, make a volcano. Yeah, the volcano okay. was kind of cheesy. To put your gold so you, in. You make a little volcano, and that's where you hide your <laughs> you hide your treasure in there so people can't see yeah. your treasure. So, some of the games, like Fresco, have the All little right. board that comes up. This was a, uh-huh. um, like a... Conical yeah. thing with a hole in the top. Oh, okay. You kind of, after you compare them for whatever gameplay reasons, you hide them in there, and so no at the end of the game, you're revealed. No one can see oh, what you, what you, okay. what you, how much you've collected. Okay. So neat little code. I, I like. Joe talked about the. Uh, you you kind of set up the the move. Basically, you've got four color cards in your hand, but only two colors are going to be able to be played. You have okay. to pick your cards. Um, you have five cards to choose from, but you don't know which colored cards are going to get played this round. Uh, so the, the starting player can always, the starting player uh, puts down a card of his own, and you just presume he wants to continue to play that color, and hopefully he's going to change, <laughs> he's the one that's going to get to change the cards inside what we play. So if your starting player puts down a blue and you have no blues in your hand, mm-hmm. you have to hope that the other color gets played. So it's kind of a, it's kind of oh, a, wow. you, you okay. don't know exactly if you're going to get to play a turn or not until it starts. So <laughs> it's, that's a little weird, but it, on the other end, it's kind of an interesting mechanic. Okay. Um, what can we say that? So what can we say that might be bad about? This so game? one thing that was really obvious in the very beginning when you're setting up your uh-huh. meeple color matches your little cone. The 
purple cone oh, yeah. only had brown meeples. It's like a, it's a misprint in the box that we green had. Green match anyway. green, white uh -huh. match white, yellow versus ye with yellow. It was brown meeples, purple cone. So there was like some, this. Weird. This is a oh, freshly okay. open package, uh -huh. and it really looks like quality control might have been down. Okay. It's always kind of weird though when they put like a, a blue and a purple in the game at the same time. They were time, dramatic. It was yeah, it was but brown. But that's, uh, brown. <laughs> but yeah, it wasn't it like brown, brown and burnt orange. It was purple and orange. <laughs> yeah, it was interesting. It was, <laughs> but it was pretty minor. Once we learned how to play, it went faster. Yeah, it went fast. Um, okay. It's quick. I, I I consider it one of those seven wonder style games. Is that gotcha. once not you a, learn it, you can keep going. Yeah. Keep going. Not a lot you can do to really. I mean, it's not a whole lot you can do to mess with your opponents. Yeah, it's not it's a, a little strategy. It's not there. a deeply strategic game. Okay. But it was fun. We liked it. Yeah, it was okay. Once okay. we learned it. Um, and what about our other category? So you have the pieces had a very common gem used as the gold, uh, as a um, one of the gold pieces. It's very uh -huh. funny. You see that everywhere. That same little piece. That little plastic. It's, little, it's a little clear plastic, clear plastic gold nugget. <laughs> oh, oh yeah, yeah. So we see those in so many games, and it's just funny. That that was one of the things a guy brought up that he saw. Anything wacky? Um, the cone, it was a wacky thing. Where you take a piece of paper, uh -huh. slightly curved, and you push it together and make your cone. Oh, And it oh, took us a few seconds to realize. To, to well, figure out how to at make first, it. I tried to make it into a standee, like uh -huh. a regular th screen. Huh. Okay. It's kind of cheesy. Yeah, that was, it was <laughs> a little flimsy. <laughs> All right. But it was a really soft negative. Okay. Well... Um, in that case, unless you guys have something else you want to say, thank you guys for sitting down and talking with me about Costa... Rihanna? Yes, we'll say that. <laughs> and we're back, still here at Scarab 2019, and I have Joe sitting here at the table with me. How's it going, Joe? Doing pretty well. So what game are we going to be talking about now? Doctor Who Dalek Dice. Ah, Yes. Uh, if I recall, this is uh, very similar to like zombie dice and uh, all this other. It is just about the dice. same thing. <laughs> and because it has Doctor Who, if I saw this in a store, I uh -huh. would pick it up. Especially <laughs> now that I've played it. Okay. So I'm jumping into the good real quick. That's fine. Thematically That's fine. wonderful. It's you're playing as a Dalek. Oh, cool. Against the Doctor. Oh, so you're see. Just like the zombies, you're you're okay. the bad guys. Okay. And it's wonderful. Um, the dice are well made. Uh -huh. They're easy to read. You only had you had. You have people, Daleks, the exterminate button, and uh -huh. a TARDIS. <laughs> and okay. for somebody that's a fan of Doctor Who, you instantly know exactly what they are. You know, I don't want to roll TARDISes. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yes. And so it's just very, very pretty, easy to play. Okay. Um, and one of the really, really nice things about it is, unlike zombie dice, you can't lose just on a single roll. You know, you don't just oh, really? you roll or roll the second time and you're dead. Right. You have to work your way up to dying. And oh, so you're risking, that risking, is nice. risking. And so it's not as, it doesn't penalize you as fast. Right. So you have more of an honest chance of getting out with a point. Okay. Bad? Yes. It wouldn't be my criticism. It's a dice game, so it's all rando. Okay. I love the game. It's. But yeah, I know. I know. A lot, I had of, to say a lot of folks will. A lot of folks will will turn away from that because um, they don't like it's how not random as it is. whimsical as the zombie and the deer hunter games that are like that because okay. it allows you to go a little bit further. Okay. Uh, you don't affect each other, which some people don't like either. You're only playing yourself, right. just trying to get your points before anybody else. But you're not. There's no effect player to player. Okay. Okay. Some people don't like that. This is right. a dice game. Generally, they don't do that, so I don't consider that a true negative. Gotcha. The other. Mm-hmm. Again. Um, 
Doctor Who, it fits in that theme. I, I've, I've been known to take games that other people might say stink, but because it has Doctor Who in it or whatever theme I'm trying to collect, right. it goes. It's very pretty, nice. It fits in the little dice cup, slightly smaller than a zombie dice yeah. cup. Yeah. Um, easy to play, and it's very easy to understand once you get rolling it's it's quick and okay. unlike something like dungeon or dragon dice where you have 40 faces oh yeah, yeah, yeah um this has like four with some numbers to differentiate some others so it's easy okay well cool well well thank you for stopping by and talking with us about the doctor who dalek dice then joe i really like that one that's the one I, if they have it i want to win it <laughs> if they don't i have to buy it swarmcast is here at scarab 2019 and ryan is here to talk with me about Another game that he's played. Uh, what game are we going to be talking about now? Looks like a Doctor Who Dalek Dice. Oh, yeah, dice. Dalek Dice. So yeah. this was great. I have the zombie dice game. I know a lot of people do. Right, so right. I was drawn to it. <laughs> First of all, uh, just nice presentation. The the dice pips or whatever you want to call them are embedded into the die. So it's not, okay. it's not, da- it's not decals. So just nice presentation. Quick and easy to learn. Okay. Uh, semi-strategic with uh, just, you know, fun dice rolling game. So I, I highly okay. recommend it. Yeah. All right. Is there anything uh, bad that you could think of to say about it? It's a Doctor lot Who? of dice. Uh-huh. So if you don't have a uh-huh. good rolling technique, they're going everywhere. Uh, okay. But that's that's easily fixable with a box top or something like that. Okay. And what about something other for Doctor Who Dalek dice? You don't need to be a Doctor Who fan to really enjoy it, but it's a whole lot more <laughs> fun to say exterminate when you really have that Doctor Who background. So Very cool. Well, thank you for, for talking with me about Doctor Who Dalek dice. My pleasure. So we're here at the Swarmcast podcast, um, or we're rather at the booth for the Swarmcast podcast here at Scarab 2019, and I have some folks here who want to talk about a game they played. Uh, we have Just Murphy, um, <laughs> Joe, yes, and Kirsten, yes. and I understand that you guys want to talk about um, Hex Hex. Hex. Okay. So we just got through pe- playing this, uh-huh. and for some of us in the in this um, seating, it was painful and not enjoyable. <laughs> it wasn't that bad. <laughs> um, they described it as very much a flux type thing. I could see that because the have you played it? I've, yeah, I've played so it. there is some of the cards that are like, do this, 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 split it, did it, did it, did it, it, right. And then die unless you raise your hand. So there's some wind. There's some whimsy of. Of Munchkin involved. There's some cards that right. can be a little okay. whimsy. Um, the one where you uh, drop your hands, then raise your hands. And yeah. then they're uh, basically described as uh, whatever you think your intended result that you're attempting <laughs> to do will not be the outcome of the card. So it's very, uh, okay. it plays <laughs> like flux in that regard. Right, so that, it's yeah. my way of comparing games a lot of times is to pick some popular ones and compare, and it, compare to it to it. it. So it's yeah, very similar sense. to flux. The game okay. is you have a, everybody has a hand of five. Uh-huh. It starts with one person, and it tells you how to set the starting user. He has a hex. Passes it across the table. It's like your spell casting. Right. You have to respond. Some of those responses are directly deflect to somebody else. Uh-huh. There's sp- responses that are split it mm-hmm. and do all these other goofy things. And you keep going until it lands. And that's where somebody can't deflect it anymore or another action takes place. Right. Generally, that's the game and the stuff you're doing. There's a little bit more detail, but that's the general game. It's yeah. bouncing around the hex. It's bouncing the hex around. Yeah. <laughs> and then there's cards that even once the hex gets to you, maybe it doesn't hurt you after all or... <laughs> so even if, even if it, once it lands on you, it's not necessarily going to harm you. You can still deflect it one last time. So it's very whimsical. Gotcha. So what's some so what's some good stuff we can say about the this? good? St- I enjoy the kind of whimsical 
right. I've said that before with you. Right. Um, <laughs> but I have, do have some friends. Murphy's one of them that that's not his top of the list. What he likes in a game criteria is whimsy. Um, but it, you know what? It was one thing <laughs> I do like. The, the rules are written on the cards generally. Oh, that's yeah. good. So, so, so not a lot of iconography. There, there's a, there's some icons up, there, yeah. but, yeah, you don't have to reference anything. All the rules are written right there on the cards. When you get the cards, it's, it's, that's the rule. That's always a good thing. Yeah. Yeah. Um, as far as the negative to it, I mean, it's just not a strategic game. That would be my, my negative to it. But, uh, yeah, it's, uh, it's got some good mechanics. It doesn't, once, you, once you use a card, it goes away, and they've got some, some little tokens that let you represent a spell that's been powered up or that's huh, split okay. or something like that. So you don't have to, like, try to keep this card with that right. token. You've got uh, a token yeah. to take the place <laughs> of the card. So you get rid of the cards. And so there is that part is, of that whimsy good, yeah. that I know Murphy doesn't like, and it's not perfect, but you have that gang up possible right. with the Munchkin style of, oh, on somebody else that just got cast, take away their ability to use some of these cards, and then the other person can spam them and do some really nasty stuff. Yeah. I got you. Um, so it's that kind of stuff adds up. That could be the bad when it could be a pylon. Anytime okay. you get to a pylon situation, and we had like our first round, it split six times and ended up with one <laughs> yeah, person. Oh, yeah. oh my gosh. And that's big in a game where the, oh the goal is to get to, like, I think at the end of five turns, it's 20 and was I the max, but already times. down negative six. <laughs> oh <my God. laughs> so that pylon would be a negative there. Okay. okay. Um, just to go into the other. Yeah, sure. Let's um, see. It was all. It's pretty high quality. I mean, I like yeah, it. Yeah, no problems. Um, no it problems had two expansions in it, so that was a little confusing. But I could see. Uh, okay. You had to. We had to. Re somebody else had played it. Didn't separate it completely, so we right. didn't have some time separating it. But otherwise, we were able to resolve it. We could just say, "Hey, pull the next one." Gotcha. Um, but it was nice, high quality cards or easy cards mm -hmm. to read. There's, two, uh, there's at least two expansions already for the game. Oh wow! Yeah, that's pretty cool. Usually a mark of. Fairly decent game. Yeah. Yeah. It was well. It seemed balanced, for what it is. Okay. Well. Well. Cool. Well, um, well in that case, unless you guys have something else you want to say. I think we're good. Um, no. Yeah. Thanks. Thanks for talking with, talking with me about hex hex. So if history shows us again and again how nature fights back the folly of man. No. Okay. Sorry. That was my weird segue. That's that's of course the lyric, the lyrics for the song Godzilla. God. 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 Godzilla. <laughs> and well, Mr. Cole, right? Yes, exactly. And so here to I'm here, old too. Here to here to talk, here to talk here to talk about a game that's hmm somewhat related to to that little theme is Joe. How's it going, Joe? Doing pretty well. And by the way, the big lizard is Godzilla in our games. Oh, Nobody of course, it should be. Big, yeah, yeah, it's Godzilla. So in case you're wondering, the game we're going to be talking about is King of Tokyo. Uh, I think everybody loves this game. Generally, unless they're, yeah, okay. Um, <laughs> I don't I don't think I've ever played with anybody that didn't like it. Right. The idea of the game is you uh, you control an individual monster. Mm -hmm. You're attacking Tokyo. Right. If you're not in Tokyo, eating Tokyo, you're attacking the monster in Tokyo. So it's right. monster versus monster. There's no people dying. You know, it's very pleasant. Little kids can play this. It's monster versus oh, monster. Oh, yeah, yeah. Uh, no blood, no guts. Um, very pleasant. And one of the nice things is, is like from the outside in, you're attacking the monster on the inside. Right. But they get bonuses when they stay there. They're still taking damages. They get bonuses. They can't heal. Right, right. And then on the inside, though, any attack you do back out attacks, hits everybody hits at once. Hits everybody, yeah. So there is a time you want to be out to heal, jump in uh -huh. to win. Right, so right. So you can't win the game without being inside Tokyo. You have to make it inside their point, fighting. Uh -huh. We played a five-man variant. We are actually oh my gosh. two people are inside <laughs> Tokyo. Um, 
Also, with everything flying, you get a lot more of the effect cards going. So there's not just monsters. You get all these other effect cards, like armors and oh, just okay. like a yeah, lot yeah, of games. Yeah. There's a lot of the bonuses. We forget they exist when you have two people. Right, right. Because you just don't see as many cards flying. Um, and then one of the things we learn is like one of the effects you can do is clear the board of uh-huh. those cards and pick new. You know, you can and pick up another new, selection. New stuff, yeah. It's very popular. Uh, negatives. Maybe if you're the same kind of person who hates Harry Potter for being fantasy, there's monsters. I mean, I, I, that's all I could make up <laughs> oh, okay, for a negative. Okay. Um, if you're not really, a fan of the giant monster yeah, stuff. It's yeah, it's pretty. It's a pretty game. It easy is. Easy to read. Um, I don't think we ever had any rules questions. Once you learn the rule, there's not really many contradictions in the cards. They're written very well. That's true. It's probably in 12th edition by now. Yeah. You know, it's very yeah, clean. Okay. <laughs> Everybody loves it. Um, yeah. Yeah, the... It's a monster theme. I don't know if there's any other. It's it's a very the co- components match everything else in the world. Oh yeah, and the component uh, the components are very nice. Yeah, yeah. so yeah. Um, there's nothing magical about it except that it's really strong gameplay. Right. Um, really easy to determine at the end who wins. Right. And for I it, you, I've ever never heard of a tie. Yeah, I haven't either. I don't think you can because generally you I don't think you can. Yeah. You go. You either hit out. You never. You never receive hits as defense. I don't think unless don't there's think a so. special card. Well, yeah, there might be, but yeah, but I don't. Who I've knows? never heard of a tie. <laughs> It's great. It's it's a good game. Well, very cool. Well, thank you for for stopping by the table and talking with us, uh, Joe, about King of Tokyo. Very cool. Scarab 2019 still going on strong, and I have um, JT who's sitting here at the table with me to talk about a game. How's it going? It's doing good, John. (laughs) So, so what game are we going to be talking about? Uh, We are talking about Kitten Clash. Okay. So, tell me something good about Kitten Clash. Um. Well, it's interesting because the good thing about Kitchen Clash is it's a matching game. So mm-hmm. you can match cards on your side or you can try and match cards on the other person's side because you lay down cards in front and you try and take matching colors. Okay. And then once you match those colors, you get to keep those cards. No one can steal them from you. So if you okay. match an opponent's card, you get two points instead of one. So it doesn't depend on how many matches you get. It depends on how many matches on the opponent's side you make. Oh, okay. That sounds interesting. So um, is there something something bad that you can say about Kitten Clash? Um, well, you're supposed to, when players are laying down the cards, you're supposed to do it at the same time. Uh-huh. And it's sometimes really hard because when uh, you okay. lay down a card, you're looking at matches. And so, like, one person doesn't see a match and they're... They flip over another card, except you see a match and you grab it. So that starts getting the decks unequal, and you're supposed to do it at the same I time. Gotcha. I gotcha. So um, that's so you really need to get into a, a good rhythm um, in order to actually play the game okay. a bit more like it wants to. And also, sometimes it's hard to remember that you have to lay cards on top because you can only place down three cards before you have to start laying cards on top. And it uh, can be sometimes hard in the heat of the game to just do four, five, six yeah, instead gotcha. of <laughs> laying on top. Okay. Well, what can you tell us the, to go into our other category for Kitten Clash? Um, well, I think it's a quite. I think it's a fun game, mm-hmm. um, and that it is a, since it's a matching game, it requires hand to eye mo- eye to hand movement. Right. And so I'd say that uh, since I've, I've, since I've done eye exercises before, I've been trained to do that. Okay. So I'd say it's quite fun when you're doing that because you're like, oh, I can do this and this and this. And okay. it's, it's really fun 
for it, except it can also, on the other side, be a bit frustrating if you're not used to that kind of thing. So you're scrambling to look for stuff, and then someone else takes it, and you didn't see it. So I got, I got you. I got you. Okay. Well, that sounds pretty cool. Um, thank you for, thank you, JT, for sitting down and talking with me about Kitten Clash. You're welcome. And I hope you have fun at Scarab. I will. Thank you. All right, we're here still at Scarab 2019 at the Swarmcast booth, and I have Alan here who wants to talk to me about a game. How are you doing, Alan? Good. How about you? I'm doing pretty good. So, have you been having a good time at Scarab? Oh uh, yeah, it's been pretty cool. Okay. So what what game are we going to be talking about? Uh, Midnight Zombie Sabotage. Midnight Zombie Sabotage. That's pretty cool. We had the um, we had the game designers actually here last night to talk to us about about the game and some of their stuff. Uh, they had a pretty cool setup back in there, didn't they? Yes, sir. <laughs> so so what's some good things you want to say about uh, about to get about the game Midnight Zombie Sabotage? Um. The cool thing about Zombie Sabotage is you can't, you have to try to figure out like who, who is a zombie or if you're a zombie, you have to try to not get killed, pretty okay. much trick people, lie. Okay. Um, is there anything you can think of uh, bad or, or negative about the game? Um, you do have to close your eyes, which I mean, uh, okay, okay. I think that they should add blindfolds. Oh, that would be interesting. That'd be that neat. way, because some people might cheat. They might, they might kind of like put a little crack in their hand or something, yeah. or just kind of squint or something. Yeah. Well, what can you, what can you say that uh, was perhaps a little unique or or just different about the game? Um, I mean that you do have to close your eyes is kind of different because uh-huh. you don't really close your eyes, and then the card there's like tokens. Uh huh. Which are pretty neat because they're like little round things that you put on the other cards. On the other cards? Okay. Well, cool. In that case, I want to thank you, Alan, for coming by here and talking to me about this game. You're and, welcome. And I hope, you've, you hope you have more fun at Scarab. So we're at Scarab 2019, and Robbie is here at the table with me. How are you doing, Robbie? I'm doing good. So have you been having a good time at Scarab this year? Yeah, so far it's so good. Finally able to play I-Train Club for the first time in two years. Oh, wow. Done a couple of Artemis games, the usual. Okay. So right now we're, we're going to be talking about a game you played called Midnight Zombie Sabotage. And I see you've got a, looks like an autographed copy of it right yeah, there. Yeah, I got it last night because last night was the only night that they get it. Uh-huh. They're okay. here, so yeah. That's right. I decided to buy it. I got it autographed because uh-huh. it's a great game. All right. Well, tell me something good about, about Midnight Zombie Sabotage. So it's basically a hidden identity game. Okay. Like Mafia or, or any other. Or Werewolf or something like that. Yeah. yeah. And that's honestly a great thing because... You go to sleep, suddenly zombies the zombies wake up, uh-huh. they tap someone on the hand. Okay. Meaning that they basically, they're a zombie now, unless right, you're the right. survivalist. Meaning you cannot be a zombie, and so far all I've played is the simple version. Okay. That's honestly the best thing. You can be <laughs> infected, but also the zombies, you're trying to keep everyone alive. Humans, you're trying to kill at least one zombie. And you have a chance of killing the camouflaged. Okay. 
because there's a cloaked human in the mix. But then almost everyone's muted except for two frightened survivors that I've seen so far. The survivalist and an undead and the mad scientist. Okay. But the negative thing, I don't think there's anything really bad about the game. Okay. The artwork uh-huh. is pretty good, but it wasn't too hard. But I think the components might be a little difficult to use because all I've done so far is just the base game, nothing else, where even though everything's in the base game, but just the quick round, I did that, and it was pretty fun. But something other yeah. was how fun it was. I played Mafia. It was, man, it wasn't too fun. Right, okay. But yeah. this one, but this one was. Yeah, because this one you actually got to remember what you were. Right. Yeah. Oh, okay, okay. Yeah. Because well, cool. there were cards in here that say what you are. You could be a doctor, a survivalist, fright uh-huh. survivor. Okay. Maybe you could okay. even be children. <laughs> Frightened children that don't talk. Well, cool. Well, well, thank you, Robbie, for talking with me about Midnight Zombie Sabotage. So we're at Scarab 2019. People are already pre-regging for Scarab 2020 behind us. And here at the booth, I have Jackie, who's here to talk about a game she played uh, on Saturday night, I think, um, called Monster Slaughter. Yes. Um, so, hey. <laughs> my name is Jackie. This is my first time here. Oh, okay. And so it's been a lot of fun. Um, the game Monster Slaughter was pretty awesome. They demoed it here. Um the thing I like, well, the funnest part for me was kicking down the doors. Okay. Um, and that's actually how I won the game. Um, <laughs> the, I guess the part I didn't like about it was probably the, you had to order your people, like how you killed them. And if you put them in the wrong order, you didn't win as, you oh, know, okay. as much. So. Okay. <laughs> so just because I didn't win, you know, faster, I guess. Um, All right. And the cool thing about the game, or different, um, would probably be you're the monster. Most of the time, you're the good person trying. So we're trying but to kill case, all the humans. In this case, you're actually the monster. Okay. <laughs> oh, oh, that explains why you would be kicking down the door all the time. Yes. <laughs> we, the only way we could get through is we had to kick the door in because we're monsters. Okay. So that was a cool concept. <laughs> well, cool. So, so, but you've been having fun here at Scarab, right? Oh yes, lots okay. and lots of fun. Well, awesome. Well, thank you, and Jackie. We'll be back next year. Oh, very great, very we good. We pre-registered. <laughs> oh, very good. Well, thank you, Jackie, for for sitting down here and talking with me about monster slaughter. No problem. And I hope you have fun at the the, the rest of Scarab while you're here, and we look forward to seeing you next year. Thank you. Yes. Scarab 2019. We have Joe here to give us a review of a game senshi senshi okay s-e-n-s-h-i so we had to, we're like the mush mouths and the, <laughs> the seven-year-olds with the lisp we're really right. butchering this one senshi okay um senshi is a very abstract little game uh-huh it's about moving tokens around from the board to your hand to a scoring platform on your board oh okay okay um once you put it in scoring you can't affect it you're moving tokens around. You can take tokens from other people. There is a way to slightly hose other people. So you can affect each other, which is a good. For most people would agree that's a good. You're not really hosing others unless 
they're trying they're going to be winning so you can do some things if they need to get one of a certain token one of the really cool part parts of the game is the very first at the end of the game you say the person with a stack that happens to be the lowest so you uh -huh. could have 30 of one but if you have a lowest stack of another you're out of the game and then it compares the leftover people to their highest stack so there it means oh, you have to be very even killed in the way you play the game you have to keep your lowest higher than the other people's lowest and then you still have to hide the highest oh, power on something else and so that really threw us when we played it not throwing in a bad way it was the that's the gameplay mechanic yeah that that adds a, a neat level to the yeah, gameplay it yeah it was it was really cool and there's no dice it's not random you're just uh -huh. well you're just moving the initial setup but as you pull them every, it's an open game like chess or checkers it's uh -huh. everything's on the board all the information's presented to you in front of you and you're playing back and forth like that okay. um tic-tac-toe works like that and right, up right. to these kind of games bad i like it <laughs> I, w I, I would be willing to buy this. It's a very simple game. Okay. Um, board was pretty. The tokens are cheap, but it's tokens. Yeah. We're okay. Uh, I forgive that they stack well, like on a nice che cheap checkerboard. They stack okay. nice. These stack that's, nice. That's good. There's obviously <laughs> an up and down, but it doesn't matter. Right. Some people get annoyed, but I, I, would, I would plan to buy this game, and if I win it, I'd be, it would not be traded away. Oh, very cool. Very cool. Thank, thank you, Joe, for coming over and talking to me about Senshi. We're at Scarab 2019, and we have Ryan here who's going to talk with us about a game called Senshi. Yeah, uh, enjoyed this one. Very simple um, and elegant and yet strategic and complex. So it's really okay. not um, – probably it's, it's very easy to get started, and then all of a sudden okay. you realize <laughs> in the middle of the game, oh, my goodness, there's a ton – of strategy to this. So your right. first time, don't judge it. Give it a second shot uh, <laughs> before you decide whether it's for you or not. It's not for everyone. Mm -hmm. But uh, with this kind of, we've got these different Japanese games out there that kind of have a simple elegance to them. This fits in that category. And yet there's a lot of okay. strategy okay. to play it out. M um, much like some of those Japanese right. games. Right, yeah. <laughs> it's, it's, very, it's very well done. Although the guy's name looks Italian. So it's the, well. the game creator. So it's kind of fun. <laughs> um, my not... My, my bad on this would be it really takes a little bit of discussion to really interpret the rules on it and okay. understand. And so, so that's why I think two or three gameplays, maybe a YouTube video, give it that okay. opportunity okay. Um, before you judge it. Uh, we thought we had it, and then we realized in the middle that we were doing it wrong. So maybe watch a YouTube video on it before you, you uh, dive right in. Okay. My other would be it's, it's, straight, it's, it's very simple. It's very just, you know, Four different colors, couple different cards. You're really not dealing with a million pieces and tons of setup, so it's kind of nice. Okay. Well, that sounds really cool. Well, thank you, Ryan, for talking with me about Senshi. Thanks for letting me. All right, so we're still here at Scarab 2019, and I have a couple people here who want to talk to me about a game. I have uh, Carolina. How are you doing? I am doing good, thank you. And we have Susan. Hey. How's it going, Susan? Pretty good. You still having fun at Scarab? Oh, yeah, it's pretty fun. So what, what game are we going to be talking about? Spellcaster. Okay. Well, what's something good you can tell me about Spellcaster? Um, I liked Spellcaster because it was really easy to learn. It was pretty easy to learn with friends. Mm -hmm. And it had wonderful art and an interesting game dynamic. And what, what about you? Very, about very you, nice art. I would have to <laughs> agree. She's an artist, so she knows good art. But okay. <laughs> it was also very nice and quick, very easy to learn, at, especially after you watched another team play it before you. Uh, okay, okay. 
Um, so what's something that we can say uh, that might be bad or negative about Spellcaster? Um, Spellcaster has two game modes. One mm -hmm. game mode has four players, and one is just two teams of two. But we didn't play, we only played with the okay. teams, so we don't know how the original game mode would play. Okay. I think it should have more availability for other players. There should be almost an expansion pack. Okay, so you can have more than just the four yes, players. Yes, because it's a lot of fun and people watching just feeling bad that they oh. can't play and <laughs> see all the amazing art. Okay. Just <laughs> Alright, well what's, what's something that we could say um, that might be in our other category for Spellcaster? Well, um, the little gems you had to collect. Uh -huh. If you eliminated one amount of the gems, the energy mm -hmm. of the uh, of your opponent's team, then you would wipe them out, and they and that would be the end of the game. Your team would win. Okay. So there's a lot of just. It can get kind of vicious, I guess you could <laughs> say, with each team. Okay. Okay. But a lot of it does rely on strategy. One interesting other element is while you're on a team, you can't mm -hmm. share each other's cards or tell each other exactly what cards ah. you have, so it makes the strategy a little bit more difficult, maybe. Okay. You can converse about, we need to get more of these gems, we need to do this, but you cannot you can't communicate what, what your cards what are. You have. Okay. Mm -hmm. okay, that sounds pretty cool. Well, uh, I want to thank both of you, Carolina and Susan, for sitting down and talking with me about Spellcaster here yes. at Scarab 2019. And Thanks I hope for you, having us. Yeah, I hope you have fun at the rest of the con. Thank you. Scarab 2019. Uh, whew, I really wish I could uh, cast some spells or something to so that this weekend could, could go on for... Okay, that was a really horrible segue. <laughs> I've got Ryan here, and he's going to talk with, with me about a game that he played called Spellcaster. Yes, Spellcasters. Uh, really, so what's what's my like on this one? Spellcasters, my like is this game has so much potential. Okay. You can slap expansions onto it. They don't exist, to my knowledge, but I mean, it could easily be expanded out because you're just there's four different types of spells, and you're just uh -huh. casting spells against your opponent. Um, it's really a one-on-one -on -one huh. game. Oh, really? It's not, it, it technically can be played up to four. Right. But we tried to play four. It was super awkward. <laughs> um, again, it came kind of down to rule interpretation was weird. Uh -huh. Whereas one-on-one, -on -one, it's much more clean cut. Uh, okay. So that's that's my like. My not like would be you can get steamrolled. So there's four categories of spells. And if you're not drawing, one, uh, there's two categories that really work towards winning. Uh -huh. And the other two are more assisting and support style. Okay. And if you're just pulling support style stuff, the other person can really steamroll you. Um, so that can be frustrating. But, you know, do best two out of three and you'll be all right. Okay. My other on this would be, who doesn't want to be a wizard? Give this <laughs> game a try <laughs> okay. and uh, start slinging some spells. Sounds good. All right. Well, well thank you, Ryan. There's a board game reviews from the Swarmcast. If you don't like it, then come over and kick the tail. Tail. <laughs> Toast meant to say tail. Toast. Um, ooh. Why do you do that? Oh yeah. Hey, this is Toast. Um, go ahead and leave a Swarmcast a message. Remember our number, area code 803-470-4439. Maybe we'll use your message on the air. Who knows? That's it. That's the end of the show. You can go back to your normal life now and- so, what, what, what are you doing? Um, I'm ending the show. What? That's it? 
I want to know more about this Scarab Gaming Con. Oh, well, I mean, you're in luck then, because uh, next Scarab is January 2020. And you know what that means, right? Oh, yeah. A dragon's going to erupt from Mount Fuji, ushering in the sixth world. It's going to be great. Uh, I mean, no. I mean, maybe. Uh, no. No, 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 no. It's the 10th year anniversary of Scarab Gaming Con in Columbia, South Carolina. Yeah. Oh, yeah, that's right. So I just followed them on Facebook and Twitter and Instagram and on that website of theirs. What was that? Yeah, that's www.s-c-a-r-a-b.com. Yeah, with all those dashes. I, I see that it's wow. going to be four days, Friday through Monday, MLK weekend, and... Uh, January? Is that right? Oh, yeah. And you should really check it out. I mean, there's, let's see, board games from their extensive board game library. Uh, on hundreds of games. Wow, that's a lot. Yeah, you're right. It sure is. Oh, and there's lots of organized play RPGs like D&D, uh, Pathfinder, uh, some of that Shadowrun. I think you mentioned something about that earlier. Ah, uh, plus plenty of open RPG gaming as well. So you can try out games like, I don't know, Savage Worlds, if that's your thing, or Fate, or maybe even that Dread thing, if you like Jenga Tower stuff. Oh, oh, so are those called unorganized play, then? What? Ah, <laughs> 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 uh, no. So, previous years we've had, like, the uh, Circle Tournament of Death, run by that Randy Miller guy, and uh, the RPG Pharaoh's Challenge, as well as Artemis, the Starship Simulator. Oh. You know, I hear there's some exciting stuff planned for this year, too. <laughs> oh, well, what about Wargaming? I have minis. I love minis. Uh oh, sure. You know, we got 4DK that's coming back pretty big this year, bigger than ever. Plus, uh, probably some warmer hordes. And then there's Guild Ball. Uh... What? Guild Ball? Did you say uh. Guild Ball? <laughs> oh, yeah. I mean, just listen to this. Hey everyone, this is Pete from Rage Quit Wire. We got an exciting announcement. January 18th and 19th of 2020, we're gonna be running a Guild Ball tournament at the Scarab Gaming Convention in Columbia, South Carolina. It's gonna be Saturday and Sunday from 10 to 4 p.m. It's either gonna be one large tournament or two smaller tournaments, depending on size and attendance. It's gonna be $100 prize support per 10 people. So the more we get signed up, the more swag we get. Trophies are going to be provided for the champion of the tournament, best painter, and sportsmanship. It's only $40 for the entire convention weekend. That's a special price for Guild Ball players. If you are interested in registering, email pete at rage.quit.wire at gmail.com. Looking forward to having people sign up and rolling some dice and throwing some salt. This sounds so cool. How do I sign up for it? Well, uh, let's see. You can get tickets on Scarab's website, or you can find an eternal member to sign up through for a special discounted price. Oh, 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 so how do I find one of those? Well, you can either set a trap with some dice as bait. I know a few of that would work out for, like, uh, that Richard Moore guy. Or you can shout out for one of them on social media, and they'll swarm you like, uh, sharks, you know, but uh, in a good way. <laughs> uh, I'm not sure that's a thing, is it? Well... Uh, anyway, thanks for listening to the Swarmcast podcast. Uh, you should subscribe to us and check us out on social media. Oh, let's yeah. see. 
Yeah, you're on Facebook, at Twitter, and almost on Instagram. I'll have to fix you up and get that set up on Discord, too. Uh, that's pretty crisis. Um, so, anyway, subscribe to us through Podbean, Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Turned In, or wherever you get podcasts. And if you like RSS feeds, you can get us that way, too. Yeah! Thanks for not calling up iTunes anymore. So, music on this show is used with permission and lots of love from iFightDragons at iFightDragons.com, Lars at EtsyLars.com, and that's Steam Power Giraffe Guys at SteamPowerGiraffe.com. Oh, I'm going to pick an ending song for the show this time. MC Lars is more punk than you. Books about evanescence. Guns and Roses watches. Hello Kitty iPod cases. Rob Zombie lunchboxes. Mommy's money is not punk rock.